James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. If you have your Bible, I want you to underline that word endurance. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed. Now underline endurance is fully developed or highlight it or mark it on your tablet. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this time. Thank you for your word, for what you've already done in here and what you're going to do in here tonight even further. Holy Spirit, help me to clearly present your word. God, give me fresh revelation and unction tonight. And may we, like God, not only hear your word, but be doers and apply it to our lives that it may produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. I bind up the enemy, all darkness, and any plans that are trying to come against uh, our time together tonight. We rebuke it and forbid it for operating. We thank you, Father, for your anointing your power and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Enduring troubles, trials, and temptations is a recurring theme in the book of James. James tells us to uh, consider it an opportunity for great joy because during trials and troubles, our endurance has a chance to grow. Then he goes on to say that we need to let our endurance develop fully and then he tells us why in verse 4. And I want to read verse 4 in a, in a different translation, the Holman Christian uh, Study Bible. It says this in James 1.4. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. See, most of the time, a lot of times that we've pre- I've preached this or seen this, we, we, we talk about the part of like uh, with joy and whatnot. But, um, but tonight I want to really focus on that. When we develop endurance in times of troubles it actually the bible says it shows that we are spiritually mature that we're 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 maturing spiritually and we become complete the bible says um i love how the lord does this uh, i think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago where i was i started reading again reading through through the bible starting in genesis and as i was reading genesis i read the scripture i don't remember if it was i was reading a, a, a 21 day of prayer and fasting uh like a reading plan in addition to my regular reading plan that I do every day uh, on my own. And it's cool when I read this, and at the same time, I'm reading through Genesis, and I'm reading about Joseph. And uh, uh, Joseph was a man that had to implement James chapter 1 and verse 2 thousands of years before it was written. And it was so cool because the Lord just began to show me some things that I'd never seen in there before that I want to share with you tonight. So because there's so much to Joseph's story, I'm going to just give you an overview of his story and then we're going to use it as somewhat of a template to go with James chapter 1 and what we can learn from this. So Joseph, as a, as a young boy, about 18, 19 years old, had these two dreams. One dream was a, 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 about these uh, stocks, uh, stalks of wheat um, and that a, a bunch of them bowed down before him, same number of his brothers. And then later he had another dream that the sun and the moon and his, the ten stars also bowed down uh, before him. And he told his brothers, the first dream, then told his brothers and his dad the second dream, they all got mad at him and said, so what, we're going to bow down before you? We're going we're gonna to bow before you? Well, this... His his brothers, the Bible says, already hated Joseph because he was like his favorite of his, of his dad. And his dad gave him the coat of many colors and all this stuff. So after his dreams, his brothers actually uh, planned and plotted to kill him through Joseph in a pit, was planning on killing them. But instead, and I found it interesting, I was reading again, they, they felt it was better like, no, we can't kill our brother. We'd have his blood on his hands. We can't do that. So let's go ahead and just sell him into slavery. 
we would be, our conscience won't be as bad if we just sell them into slavery. I'm like, that's still horrific, right? So that's what they do. They sell, some Egyptian traders come by, they pull Joseph out of the pit, sell them, sell him into slavery, and he becomes a slave of a man named Potiphar. He works in Potiphar's house for a while. We're going to see some detail of that story. Um, Potiphar's wife found Joseph very attractive. The Bible says he's a young, striking, handsome man. I think he went to the gym like six times a week or something like that. And she was very attracted to him, continued to pursue and pressure Joseph into having sex with her. He refused constantly. Finally, the last time she grabs him, he runs off, didn't want to sin against the Lord. She accused him, however, of raping her, trying to rape her. So when Potiphar comes home, his wife accuses Joseph. Potiphar gets extremely mad, throws Joseph into prison. So Joseph goes into prison. Uh, while he's in prison, uh, the, the Pharaoh, the king's chief cup uh, bearer and chief baker get thrown in there with him. They have two dreams. Joseph interprets the dreams. One of the guys said, hey, look, man, when you get out of here, uh, please remember me. And we'll see in a little while. The Bible says that uh, he forgot all about him. So he does a good deed. He's doing well. And we're going to see in prison. And so Needless to say, that was a quick overview. Would y'all say that Joseph had to endure some stuff in his life? Really didn't do anything wrong except tell some dreams he had, gets thrown into slavery, does everything right, even turns away from temptation and all that, gets falsely accused, then gets thrown into prison, helps these guys out, and then forgets all about them. So tonight, through the story of Joseph, and I'm going to read some of these scriptures in the story of Joseph. I just wanted to give an overview. Tonight, I want to look at... uh, what developing endurance can produce in us. James said that we should let our, our endurance grow and then when it becomes fully developed, we'll become mature and complete. Amen. So I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of developing endurance. And I just want to, there's many different things, and, but I just want to keep it simple with three things tonight and show three things from the life of Joseph and from James and some New Testament passages, how What developing endurance can produce in us? Amen. I just had the thought about, you know, uh, you know, long distance runners. Of course, you got to develop endurance to run cross country, right? They train so they can continue to go further and further. We spiritually, mentally, emotionally have to do the same thing. So the first thing that I see is that endurance helps you to succeed in different situations. Endurance will help you to succeed in different situations. And now let's get into Genesis. If you, you actually can turn, I should have had you turn earlier. I'll give you a few minutes. Genesis chapter 39. And we're really going to be kind of, I'm going to be bouncing around in Genesis 39, 40, and I think even 41. But Genesis 39, 2 and 3 says this. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. This was Potiphar, where he was a slave. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. Right? Now, he already had to endure through the pit. Now he's a slave, and he's enduring all of this. You know, he's, he's, I mean, again, he hasn't done anything wrong, and he's in this predicament. But Joseph first succeeded as a slave. Then the Bible tells us he also succeeded as a prisoner. Genesis chapter 39 and verses 22 through 23, it says, Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with them and caused everything he did to succeed. So, so, so think about this. Joseph's already a slave. He gets thrown to slavery, 
by his own brothers, you can not imagine. I mean, I didn't even hit on the, the betrayal. I mean, the hurt, the wounds that y- your own brothers first hated you and now they throw you into slavery. To, to just the rejection and all that that must have been brewing inside of Joseph. He gets thrown to slavery, but instead of just like, you know, what we would call having like a boudet attitude about it, he obviously trusted in the Lord and he was enduring. He, he, he began to develop his endurance. This, what you would say, this was a trial, right? He was in great trouble. He was struggling. He was, I mean, falsely accused, all these kind of things. And he endured through that. He gets thrown in prison with this false accusation. The Bible tells us he had succeeded up until the point that Potiphar's wife lied about him. The Bible says that if you read through that, when he was in Potiphar's house, it said Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except for what he ate. And that's it. Joseph took care of the the rest of it. So he gets thrown into prison and now the Bible tells us that he's succeeding again. So he endured through the slavery. Now he's in prison and his, his endurance is starting to develop now. So not only does he succeed here, he's back even, you can maybe say a worse situation. And now his endurance is causing him to be successful again. I think about Joe that was here on Sunday and, and, and you know, you've heard him if you were here, his testimony that He's endured over 3,000 dialysis treatments, numerous surgeries, and near-death experiences. And it's crazy. We were eating lunch with him Sunday, and he was just talking about, like, yeah, and I have another little procedure that I have coming up. You know, and just constantly. But I think about how successful he's been. The Lord has used him. When he was a youth pastor, he was a very successful youth pastor. You know, Blair and April was with us. We used to go over there all the time. At one time... Joe Stocksdale was the youth pastor of the biggest youth ministry in the whole country. They had over across throughout the, the city, they had over 5,000 students, some way, shape, or form connected to Bethany's youth ministry. It was called 220 at the time. So through all of that, and I mean, just as you heard him Sunday, you know, he just get revelation where it just could reach young people uh, like crazy. And even now, nowadays, the Lord's causing him to still be successful as he's preaching around the nation, writing books, doing leadership training, and it's still being a strong prophetic, prophetic voice in this generation. Amen? So he's, being, he's still very successful in whatever he's doing, whether it was a youth pastor, now, like I said, as an author and a traveling speaker, evangelist, prophet, you know, leadership training. And, and you just wonder, like he was talking about hope on Sunday, what if Joe at some point just decided to give up? He wouldn't be u- being used like he is today, right? Like he talked about the hope just getting up and put one step over another. He, he's made a decision that I'm, I've decided to endure through all of these trials, all of these struggles. And I didn't mention it. I've said it before and he didn't mention, but his first wife, he gets married to a young lady that was completely healthy. She has cancer. His first wife died. He didn't even mentioned that Sunday. And so tragically, he would have never thought that he would outlive his wife that, you know, she was in her 20s, you know, maybe early 30s when she came down with cancer and ended up, you know, dying. So he's been through tremendous trials and troubles, but he's endured. And in every area of life, he's been successful. So the application for us is that if we develop endurance, we can be successful, listen, in and out of the trial. We don't have to wait till the trial's over. Joseph was still slap dab in the middle of it. I don't know if that's the right, right in the middle of it, right? In the prison, in slavery, he was successful. We're going to see about what happened after the trial, but he was still, he didn't wait that like, man, whenever I get out of this, I hope the Lord uses me. No, 
The Lord used them in a, in a mighty way in Potiphar's house and in the prison. The Lord used them to interpret two guys' dreams just like that, back to back. And, and you see some of his character, which we're going to talk about. And there's so much to that story. I encourage you to read. Go in Genesis and read if you haven't. Read the full story about Joseph. But he, he just... The way he was humble and that he continued to endure. They said, hey, man, we had these dreams. And because and he asked the guys, why do y'all look so down? Why do y'all look so sad this morning? These two guys that had the dreams. And he said, well, we, we had this dream, these dreams last night and we don't know what they mean. And he said, well, interpreting dreams is God's business. He said, but tell me what your dream was. So he knew he would be able to interpret it, but right away he gave the glory to God. And so he let them know. And, and that's, those are some keys of being successful. But the main thing is that. If we develop endurance through trials, troubles, problems, we can be successful in the trial and when we get out, in whatever way, however success looks, with the Lord, with people, in relationships, in our health, in our finances, in our job, whatever the Lord's called, in ministry, we can be effective, amen, which leads me to my next point. Endurance prepares you for your future. Endurance prepares you for your future. It prepares you, I can even say it, for your purpose. I probably could have put that. It would have been endurance prepares you for your future or your purpose. So I just hit on the two, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. When they were thrown to prison, Joseph interpreted both of their genes. So after he gave the first interpretation to the chief cupbearer, look in Genesis chapter 40, verses 14 through 15. He gave him a, a favorable interpretation. He told the cupbearer that, hey, listen, you know, in three days, Pharaoh's going to restore you back to your position. So after that, in verses 14, he said, And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. So he acknowledges, look, man, I'm in a bad situation. I didn't do anything to deserve this. So now he's endured. Okay, brothers endured many years of slavery. He's been in prison. Okay, so now he's like, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to get out of here. Hey, man, I did you a favor. Do me a favor. When you get out of here in a few days, mention me to Pharaoh, okay? And man, that guy had his back. Look at verse 23. It said, Pharaoh's cheap cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Well, you know Joseph wanted to pray in tongues in that moment, Right? It said he forgot all about him, didn't even give. When that guy got reinstated to his position of Pharaoh, that dude just like, man, I, he, he didn't want to think about that prison anymore. Look at verse, uh, chapter 41 and verse 1, the very next verse. It says, two, I love how the Bible emphasizes this. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. I'm not going to read everything, but he had two similar dreams, two similar dreams about some fat, some skinny cows eating some uh, fat cows and they didn't get any bigger, some scrawny stalks of wheat eating some plump stalks of wheat and they didn't get any bigger. And so um, everybody's trying to, again, trying to interpret Pharaoh's dream, figure out Pharaoh's dream. And here's this cupbearer after all the musicians, magicians came and astrologers tried to interpret Pharaoh's dreams for him. Then the cupbearer, two Full years later, it's like, oh man, I'm reminded of my, my sin and my mistake. And he said, you know what? He said, there's this young Hebrew guy. And man, we, me and your cupbearer, which you killed, by the way, I mean, your chief baker, he said, he, this guy interpreted our dreams. He's like, well, bring him out. So Pharaoh 
brings out Joseph. The Bible says he shaves and everything. Joseph comes before Pharaoh and not only tells him what his dreams meant, which it was actually symbolic of they were going to have seven years of prosperity in Egypt and then seven years of, of extreme famine. And not only did Joseph interpret his dream, told him what he dreamed, interpreted his dream, and then he also tells him, okay, Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. In the seven years of prosperity, when you have all these crops, you need to put somebody over a storehouse, and you need to save up, basically a saving plan. You need to save up all kind of grain and food and everything for the, for the time of famine, and then the time of famine, y'all have enough for this country and even other people. And um, we'll pick up the story in, in Genesis 41, 37, and 40. It says this, Joseph's suggestion was well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. You know what that means? Joseph immediately became second in charge and over the whole country of Egypt, one of, if not the most powerful nation in the world. He went from a prisoner to second in command, literally in, in minutes, maybe hours. Amen? Now listen, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the Lord just began to really just rock me when I started reading this. See, Joseph tried to get out of prison on his own, but it wasn't until two full years later, right? You know, when he did get out again, he was making second of command. Now, like, listen, listen to this. Follow me here. If he would have gotten out two years earlier, he may have not gotten the same position. When he, when he asked the, 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 the chief cupbearer, he said, hey, man, when you get out of here, remember me. And he was ready to get out. He's in this trial. He's been enduring, but he was getting weary. And he said, look, I'm ready to get out of this trial. Now, if the guy would have mentioned him and Pharaoh would have been like, man, this, this guy can interpret dreams. I can use him. He's wise. He has the spirit of God in him. And he would pull him out. That would have been great. Wouldn't you think? If you was in prison, falsely accused, that would have been great. But I begin to think about this. But if he would have got out of prison, he would have just been another free servant. That's all he would have been. He would have been free. But you know what? He would have just been a free Hebrew boy that was amongst all the other free Hebrew boys around, or young men around the time. But isn't it interesting that, you know, the same is true with us. We often try to get out of the trial and the trouble on our own. But if the Lord still has a work to do, it will be in his timing. It will be in the Lord's timing. See, we think like, man, this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. Lord, get me out. But we got to realize the Lord's working in us. And how do I know that the Lord was trying to work something in Joseph? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because Psalms, the psalmist makes it clear in Psalm 105, 19. He said, until the time to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. The Lord was working on Joseph's character that whole time. We look at Joseph, and but obviously the Lord, he had a work to do. So he wanted, he wanted to get out two full years earlier. But the Lord said, no, it's not time yet. I need, there's some character issues in your life. Joseph, we don't really read about those. Maybe some people have given you know, Joseph a hard time, you know, some commentaries because he told his brothers his dream and stuff. But man, if I had some crazy dreams, I'd probably be telling people too, you know. But obviously the Lord saw something in him and he was working in him. He was working in him 
to get him ready for what he had for him. Amen. I have a similar story. Nothing, I mean, quite as dramatic or as cool as Joseph. I wasn't falsely imprisoned or any of that stuff. Uh, but as I begin to think about this in my own life, the time frame was about the same. You know, whenever I got saved and I started working, you know, under, uh, uh, the, I worked under two youth pastors that were here. And uh, when the first youth pastor that was here, whenever I got saved, he stepped down and the interim youth pastor came in. And in that time, he had just committed. He had a full-time job. He didn't, he didn't want to take the full-time position, the full-time youth pastor position. And, uh, but he said, look, I, he was, he was the previous youth pastor's right-hand man. So he said, I'll, I'll come here and I'll help out for two to three years. I mean, two, I'm sorry, two to three months. I'll help out for two to three months. And then, you know, and, you know, I didn't know this, but him and Pastor Ty were talking and they were looking at starting to develop me. He started getting me to start preaching and stuff. And one day he told me, he said, look, man, I, I've committed for just a couple of months, two, three months. He said, you know, they're going to be ready for you to go, go tell them when you're ready to take over the youth ministry. And I felt like I already was clear. I felt like I was called to ministry and everything. And, uh, but I was like, man, I'm not about to do that. I'm not about to go and knock on Pastor Ty's door and be like, hey, I'm ready. I think here's the time. But, you know, as a few months passed within that first year, uh, what, what I was doing for a living, I was a foreman for a paint contractor. Man, some of those days were, it was, it was rough. And I was getting tired of the, you know, the, the crews I had to run and the people I was dealing with. I remember one day coming home and just telling my wife, man, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to go into ministry, which I don't know why I thought ministry would be any easier, but that's another story. And I was like, man, I'm so, I'm ready to be in youth. I'm ready to be in youth ministry. I'm ready to be a youth pastor. And that was probably within that first, I don't know, six months range or something. And, and at that point, I was kind of like Joseph. I'm like, okay, you know, man, if, if it's, let, let's get this thing going. Well, this guy committed for two months. He stayed for two full years. He stayed as the youth pastor for two years. And it, so much time had went by, I was still faith, serving him faithfully, is that I kind of like, well, God, I, I know you called me in a ministry. I know you, 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 you showed me that I was going to preach your word and I was going to pastor and all this stuff. But, you know, maybe, maybe it's not this. I kind of just started putting it out of my mind. Like maybe it, it's not the youth pastor at Family Life Church. Maybe it's not, you know. And, and two years later, when I was least expecting it, is when Pastor Todd offered me the position. But as I read Joseph's story, as I read Psalm 105, as I'm thinking about this today, as I'm preparing this message, I realize and see now, guess what? There was a lot of character stuff that the Lord was had to work out in me. Amen. One, I was young in the Lord. And two, there was just some things that I wasn't quite ready for, right? I mean, this guy, the youth pastor at the time, thought like, hey, man, you know, I'm here two months. And then, you know, they're ready for you. You can take this thing over after a couple of months. But the Lord doesn't work that way. By the way, I still have a lot of things that he's working out of me, right? And so listen, this is the point. I love this quote. You've probably heard this. You know, our talent, they say this about athletes a lot. When you see famous athletes and stuff that are amazing athletes, top of their game, and then they, they just can't seem to stay out of trouble. You ever seen those guys, college or professional athletes? I've heard this saying a lot, but you could use it. I'm going to use two words here. Your talent or your gifting can take you where your character can't keep you. You're, so let's use it in a lot of times for athletes to say your talent, his talent took him where his character couldn't keep. I remember there was a, 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 an amazing football player for LSU. He's in the NFL now, but he, man, this guy was amazing. And what he, you know, he played defense and special teams, but that dude could not stay out of trouble. Eventually, he failed enough drug tests and they kicked him off the team. Now I'm thankful that, you know, he went through rehab and he changed his life and now he's, he's still a star in the NFL. Uh, you know, but I remember at that time, just like, man, I, as a big LSU fan, I was thinking, 
thinking, man, you know, this is bad for our team, but at the same time, it's good for our team because somebody like that can pull the whole team down. But listen, your gifting can take you places. Your spiritual gifting, your gifting at work, your gifting, uh, your talent, if you're into athletics, if you are, you know, your schooling, it can take you places. But if you got some serious character issues, you're not going to stay there. You better off climbing that ladder slowly while the Lord's working out of you. And a lot of times that ladder is in the form of trials. Look what, look what Romans 5, 3 and 5 says. We can rejoice too and we run into problems and trials. For we know that they will help us, there's that phrase again, develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. He, you know, Paul tells the Romans, develop your, your endurance because in your developing endurance, it will develop your strength of character. Amen? Your character will come out. Listen, this is, if you don't write anything down, I want you to write this down. Well, God's timing lined up perfect with Joseph's purpose. Let me say this. God's timing for you will line up perfect with your purpose. God's, you might be in a trial, in a struggle, in a problem today, tonight. It may have been days, it may have been months, it may have been years, but you know, you can pray and ask God to take you out of it, but his timing fits perfect with your purpose. You should write that down. God's timing fits perfect with your purpose. Whatever the purpose is, the calling, the, 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 the things that God has for you in the future. That's why I said endurance prepares you for the future. You don't think about it at the time. Joseph probably like, Lord, why is this going on in my life? But God had a purpose and a plan. He showed it to him. And it's crazy. And we see the whole story. You got to read the story. It's amazing. You know, God showed him what his purpose was in those dreams, but he didn't understand it, didn't figure it out. Actually, him talking about it got him in this situation, but God was working in it the whole time. Guys, we got to remember and we got to realize, you know, man, God's in the trial right there with you. Listen, I know you, you, I, I know nobody probably has tomatoes on them tonight, so it's probably good. Sometimes he allows trials and problems in your life. To prepare you for your purpose. To prepare you for your future. Now, not every time, but I also know that just as, you know, uh, Joseph says later, what the enemy means for harm, God turns into good. He does work these things out. So listen, when you think about timing, remember, God's timing fits perfect with your purpose. His timing is always right on time. And it's going to have to do what he's called you to do with your future. And remember, there's some, there's, he's working out character issues. It says, I mean, Joseph, this guy seemed, he was testing Joseph's character because he had something great for Joseph to do. And the last thing I just want to share with you, and, and, and this is hopefully helps us, and, and, and we know this with our heads a lot of time, but we're in a trial, sometimes we question it. But listen, number three, while you endure, you got to remember that the Lord will be with you the whole time. You know, I keep talking about endurance produces this, but truly, honestly, we know it's the Lord producing endurance in us while we're in the trial. And the way he does that, because he's right there with us. He's right there in the trial. Whenever uh, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the, the flame, man, you know, Nebuchadnezzar stood up and said, didn't we throw three men in there? He said, I see four men walking around, and one of them looks like the son of God. He was right there in the fire. There wasn't three men bound. They were tied up. They were walking around just like nothing. They were just, just walking around talking like, yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah, how, 
So, you know, and came out of the flames. Jesus was right there in the midst of that fiery trial with them. You got to remember why you're enduring this trial, why you're enduring this, why you're, 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 you're being developed, your character is being developed. The Lord is right there with you all the time. I, I would venture to say that it's in the trial and it's in the struggle that people question God the most. You know, I know when people die, lost loved ones and everything, but it's when something's going on in people's lives that they've prayed for God to stop or to take away. I think that's when people's faith get tested and they question God the most. Because if God was so good, why would he allow this to keep happening? If God's promises are true, why hasn't he come through yet? A lot of what Joe was talking about. But we got to have that hope and put one step in forward. We, in front of the other, we got to remember that the Lord is with us. Amen. Look, verse 39, Genesis 39, 2. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. 39, 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison. So we see that the Lord was with Joseph. I love this. Not only will the Lord let you know that he's with you, but this is crucial right here. Other people will see that the Lord is with you as well. And let me say specifically, believers, but especially what's important is non-believers see and recognize like how in the world is this guy that's been on dialysis for 21 years still not only even believing in God, serving God, but going around the nation preaching about the gospel. That speaks volumes to especially non-believers. Right? It's just like Job. When Job was going through all this stuff, his wife is like, I just cursed God and died. That, that was the worst thing Job could have did. Not only would it have ended his life, but it would have been, it could have caused thousands of others to be turned away from the Lord. Right? Other people see what the Lord, when the Lord is with you as well. Look at Genesis 39.3. Potiphar noticed, look, Potiphar noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Potiphar noticed that, like, man, he, this, this is a, a pagan Egyptian that didn't even worship the Lord, but he recognized, man, the, the God of the Hebrews is with this young boy right here. He recognized. Listen, you can be a great witness when you're going through troubles, because I promise you, I promise you people are watching you. I promise you. People are watching how you're going to respond to the situations that are going on in your life, especially lost people. I promise you. The microscope's on. I'm telling you, I know it's hard, but this is your greatest time to shine. It's not when God's blessing you. When he's blessing you, it's easy for people to see, oh, man, you know, it's when you're in the trial, when you're in the fire, when you run into the troubles. That's the time people are going to be looking at you and saying, okay, let me see what this Christian does now. He was praising, he was worshiping, he was dancing, and he was praying in some crazy language I couldn't understand in the break room the other day. He was doing all this stuff, and he's telling me how the Lord's blessing him and his wife and his family and all of that. But now, he's got an issue. Now let me see if he's still going to praise the Lord. I promise you, they're watching. They're watching. They want to see how you're going to respond. And if you respond and let your endurance develop, like Potiphar the lost will say, man... This God that he serves must be real and must be because this dude is for real. Matter of fact, not only is he still serving the Lord, seems like this is crazy. He's going stronger. He's sick. Maybe he has cancer. His wife has cancer. He's lost a loved one. He's lost a child. He's lost his job. Uh, he's got all kind of cra- his car, his house, you know, his washing machine, everything broke in the same week. And he's still saying praise the Lord. He keeps talking about that God's going to provide for him. 
You know, I'm telling you, people are watching. And listen, we could be, I'm telling you, some of the most powerful witnesses in the time of the trial. Potiphar knew, like, you know what, God's with this young man because he's here and everything he touched turns to gold, so to speak. But he stayed faithful to the Lord. Amen? Let me see where I'm at. Okay. Also, the Lord will pour out his unfailing and his faithful love upon you during that time. Look at Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and he showed him his faithful love. It sounds to me that Joseph experienced the love of God like he never had before when he was in prison. Amen? The Lord was just pouring out his love. That's probably one of the things that helped him to endure. He just sensed God's love on his life. He sensed the love of the Lord, that, that, that the Lord was with him, that the Lord hadn't abandoned him. In that time, he realized that he was still a good, good father, even in the worst time of his life. Even when everything is bad, bad around you, God is still good, good father. Amen? He, he'll show you his unfailing love like never before. The Lord will be kind and merciful to you during the trials and the, strong, the struggles. I uh, mentioned Job earlier. Look what, what James, later in James, look what he says in James chapter 5, verse 11. He says, we give great honors to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. And I encourage you, if you never read the book of Job, read that book. You want to talk about endurance? It, that book should be entitled The Endurance of Job. Right. James mentioned him later in his book. He highlighted Job like he was a man of great endurance, he said. But you know what? At the end of his life, he poured out. He lost. Man, this guy lost everything, all his wealth, all his children and his health all in the same day. You think you having a bad day? I don't know if there's ever that bad of a day in, in, in history that has been recorded. Amen. But at the end of the endurance, Job, even as his wife was saying, why don't you curse God and die at the end? After all that trial was over with, the Bible said that God blessed him with even more wealth, blessed him with more children, even more children than he had before. Amen. And he stayed faithful. And through that, I'm sure after that, Job was like, man, it don't matter what life throws at me now. Let's go. Right. He had developed an endurance and he knew that the Lord was with him. He loved him and he was showing him his kind mercy. Amen. I want to read a story as we get ready to close and it's from uh, the renowned minister, and he was a champion of the South African revival of 1860, Andrew Murray. Anybody ever heard of Andrew Murray? He's a great theologian, a minister that you, you, you go online and you Google, and there's all kind of quotes by him and whatnot. And he was going through a rough time. He had just finished preaching at a, like a, a, a famous, uh, like an auditorium in London, and it was just powerful. And, and uh, some, some critics were critiquing and saying he taught the wrong things here and there. And later that night, uh, he went back to the guest house, and they found out about all the critics. The next morning when they woke up, he stayed in bed because he was having severe back pains. He was having back troubles and stuff. So during this, this time, he was going through some troubles. He just felt down. He wrote this. He, he, he felt inspired to write. And I want to read it. Talking about God being with us and just to kind of tie all this in together. It says this. In the time of trouble... Say, this is what he says. First, he brought me here. It is by his will I am in this straight place. And that fact, I will rest. Now listen, that goes even further than what I said earlier. I said God allows the trial. Andrew Murray says that the Lord has brought me here. He's brought me in this trial and it's his will. And in this fact, I rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace to behave as his child. Isn't that awesome? 
He will keep me in his love and give me grace to behave as his child. Then he will make me the, he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lessons he intends me to learn and working in me the grace he means to bestow. Again, the lessons we learn, the character in it. Last, in his good time, he can bring me out again. How and when, he knows. Remember his timing. Let me say, I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, and for his time. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Just to finish out the story, to give you the overview of the story of, of Joseph. Earlier on, you remember I said that he was he um, got promoted to second in command. We read uh, in Egypt, and what ends up happening is he gets put in charge of all this food during the famine, and then his brothers and his dad that were you know um, in their their land of Canaan, the famine hit them too. They begin to starve. And so his brothers and his, his, his uh, come over to Egypt to buy food from the Egyptians. And as he's standing there as a second commander's prince, his brothers come down. And what do they do? They bow before him. His dreams were fulfilled. The Lord showed him what would happen. He bowed before him. And it's a really awesome story. I encourage you, if you've never read about Joseph, read it. But what happened was he ended up giving them food. And he did kind of mess with them a little bit. <laughs> like you read that and you're like, he did kind of somewhat try to get them back. He, he messed with them a few times. Just read the details. And, and, but eventually, you know, at the end, he calls his dad and his younger brother. And they all come. He reveals himself because they didn't recognize me. He reveals this Joseph. They all thought he was dead at this point. He reveals himself. And all the brothers at this point were like, man, you know, you know, he's going to, he's just, he's all powerful and everything. He's going to kill us now, especially once their dad died. So, I mean, it's going to take revenge on us. And Joseph telling this, he said, listen, don't fight about this on the way back home because they were going home to get their family. He said, what you intended for evil, God planned it for good. He said, he brought me here to save y'all lives and the lives of everyone else. At the end of all of that, now he's sitting as the prince of Egypt, second in command of the most powerful nation there were, Joseph was able to see the big picture and say, there was a purpose for this trial. All that that I went through, I realized God was placing me here to save my family and to save everyone else. Now, he didn't know it at the time. He might have just thought he had some crazy dreams, you know. Uh, but, but he saw the whole picture. He was able to forgive his brothers and everything. But he saw God's timing and God's plan, even in the... the Midst of his own brothers betraying him, trying to kill him, being the nastiest to him, he allowed God to, to develop his character, to develop his endurance, and to be used by him in a great and powerful way to fulfill his divine purpose. Amen. So again, if you haven't read the story of, Gen uh, of Joseph, I encourage you to do so. I want to read one more scripture as we close. Romans 5, 3 and 5 says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems. I read some of this earlier. And trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Why don't you bow your head with me close your eyes. First of all, you know, you might be going through a trial right now. You might be going through a struggle right now. And, you know, uh, and, and you've been asking why. You've been asking God to get you out of it. Lord, why, is this, why has I been going through this for so long? Well, I just want to encourage you tonight, and I'm going to pray for you in a minute, that through this time, 
instead of asking the why and the when will I get out of it, begin to just ask the Lord, Lord, develop endurance in me. Develop endurance. Lord, I want to be prepared. Because listen, when that de- develop, that the, the, the more you develop endurance in the trial you're in now, the easier it's going to be to go through the next trial that's coming down the pipe. And I know that that's hard to take. Like, man, there's going to be another one. Yes, there's going to be another one. And maybe another one. And ten more and five more. You just never know. But listen, you know what? The more you develop endurance now, the easier it's going to be the next go around. The more God will develop your character. He'll prepare you. He'll get you ready. He'll strengthen you for the purpose and the future that you have. But before we pray for that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we just read, it says that this endurance develops character and strength and then the confident hope of salvation. Do you have the confident hope of salvation tonight? Do you have the hope, as Joe was talking about hope on Sunday, do you have a hope of eternity, the hope of eternal life? The hope that when you close your eyes on this side, you're going to open them in glory. Is that the hope? Because it's either heaven or hell when we die, when we, when we perish, when we expire on this side. It's either that. For we know how dearly God loves you. Do you know how dearly God loves you? Have you experienced God's love as we talked about? That he showed Joseph his, his, unfaith, his unfailing and his faithful love? Do you know how much God loves you? John 3.16 tells us how much God dearly loved us and he says it by and loves us that he loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. That God so loved the world he sent his only begotten son, his one and only son to, to die for us that if we believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I'll say this. Sometimes trials are going to happen to Christians and we'll go through this. But you know what? Sometimes we're going through a trial and it's by our own doing. And your trial might be tonight because you've never surrendered your life to Christ. And you're, you're, you're fighting against the will of God for your life. And you're you fighting with, with the bondage of sin and darkness shrouded in your life. So whatever head bowed, every eye closed, he said, Brandon, I'm not confident. I don't have the confident hope of salvation. I'm not 100% confident that if I die tonight, I'm going to make it in eternity with Jesus. That you might be spending eternity in a devil's hell. It was never intended for people. It was intended for the enemy and his angels. But a place that if we reject the gospel, that Jesus died in our place, and we don't ask the Lord to forgive us of our sin, that's where the Bible says that we end up. So if you say, Brandon, tonight, I'm not confident. I'm not, if you say, I'm not 100% confident that I'm right with God, if I die, I'm going to end up with him, I want you to slip up your hand. You say, Brandon, I'm not, I don't have that 100% confidence. I need to know, and I want you to pray for him. I see your hand in the front right here. Anybody else? Thank you for being Bo. I see your hand in the back. Anybody else? If you say, man, I'm not 100% confident that I'm going to, I'll make it to heaven if I die, but I want to be sure tonight. Anybody else? Seen a couple of hands go up. Let's, we're going we're gonna to wait a minute. If you say, that's me, I, I, need, a, I need to get right with God. I, I don't know how much, I don't ever experience God's love. Or maybe you say, you know what, Brandon, I've, I've known the Lord and I've walked away. And you know what? I'm not sure that I'm, that I'm still in right standing. I want to make sure that I'm, I get my life back right with the Lord. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Say, I was once walking with the Lord and I've walked away. And I want to, I want to walk with him now. Anybody else? Okay, amen. We're going to pray for these, these couple that raised their hands. Come on, let's join, let's join with me. For those of you that raised your hands and you want to be confident, the Bible says that, you know what, if we repent of our sins and accept the free salvation that the Lord has given, and we can be confident in that salvation when we cross over. I want to, let's all of us pray this together. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. 
but I know that you forgive sin. Lord, so I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for my rebellion. Forgive me, Lord, for living Lord, uh, uh, my own life. Lord, I want to live for you now. I want to serve you. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. I surrender. Lord, cleanse me of my sins. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Wash me clean. Lord, give me the endurance to go through the trial, to go through the trouble, to go through the fire, that I may be more like you each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you raise your hand, I want you, yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Now, if you raise your hand, I want you to do me a favor and fill out the card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Do me a favor, just fill that out and, and bring it to the info center uh, in the back. They'll have a Bible and, and, and some material for it to, to, to help you out. And listen, how many of y'all, before we leave, you say, Brandon, I'm going through a trial right now. I want to pray for you. Just slip up your hand. You say, I'm going through something right now. Amen. Come on, I see your hands going up everywhere. Come on, don't be ashamed. Let's Look, I want to pray with you. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a hard time. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters right now with their hands raised, Lord God, that are going through the trial, that are going through, Lord God, uh, the fire. And Lord God, they're having a hard time enduring. Father, I pray that your, that your endurance, Lord God, begin to develop in them, Lord God that you would help them, that you would prepare them, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for the purpose and their future. Continue to work out, Lord God, their character issues and the things that need to be developed, Lord God, in them. Help them to realize that you are right there with them in the trial, Lord God, and that no weapon formed against them shall prosper nor succeed. Father God, I pray, Lord, you're super, that you prepare them to succeed, not only in this trial, but in the different situations that will come down the pipe. Lord God, I pray, give them supernatural grace, supernatural strength, and once again, supernatural endurance, Lord God, to persevere and to realize that, Lord God, your timing is perfect with their purpose, that they would fulfill the divine destiny that you have created and called them to. I lift them up to you, and I trust them into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless y'all. If you need prayer for anything, uh, we'll be up here and we'll pray with you. If not, God bless you. Drive safely.